Welcome to New Hope, Hilo, Hawaii, everyone. And, and we're going to end our series today, um, Ingredients for a Successful Living. And this morning, I want to talk to you about times that even us as Christians will feel like giving up in life. Because it can happen to the best of us, any of us. And we're going to look at a man who experienced the pain, a man who felt the sorrows of, the, uh, of life, a man who, who felt like giving up, even to the point of surrendering his own life. We're going to look into the life of Job. I mean, this guy went through some tough times, and, and no matter what he went through, every circumstance that he's been through, he never gave up on God. He trusted in the Lord. And as you came in this morning, you received a bulletin for you to follow along and take your notes. So would you take that out this morning? And if you got your Bibles with you, would you open your Bibles to the book of Job chapter 6? Job chapter 6. <clears throat> if you've never read the book of Job, I want to just give you a, a brief synopsis of his life. Now Job was a God-fearing man who, who was pretty well off in his life. He had a, a herds of cattle. He had flocks of sheep. He had a lot of servants. He had um, kids. Um, probably a beautiful place. This guy was pretty well off. Well, one day God's, God, God held a meeting for the heads of the, the angels. And, and Satan shows up to, to this meeting. And God asked Satan, here, where you been, Satan? And Satan comes with this reply. He says, well, I've been walking to and fro, back and forth. On the earth. You know, every time I read this scripture, I think, man, that guy's a defeated fool. I mean, that guy walking back and forth. The only people that I know walk back and forth is somebody who's worrying about his life. He's ready to give up. And God asked Satan, hey, have you considered my servant Job? He's a righteous man on earth. And Satan replies with this. Job only worships you because you protect him. If you would take away that hedge of protection you placed over his life... He would certainly curse you. Oh, God said, yeah, well, you know what? Why don't you go do what you want with him? Except you can't touch his life. So Satan goes and he destroys all that, the possessions that, that Job has. But Satan couldn't touch his life. So in one day's time, Job loses everything he had. His servants, his, his herds, his, his cattle. His possession, he's lost everything, even his children. Everything was taken from him except his life. Now, I'd say this brother had some deep, deep problems going on. He feels the stress. He feels the emotional pain, even to the point of thinking, even death would have been better than going through these circumstances. Job 6, verse 8 to 13, it's on your outlines, records his pain this way. Oh, that I might have my request, that God would grant my desire. I wish he would crush me. I wish he would reach out his hand and kill me. At least I could take comfort in this, despite the pain. If I have not denied the words of the Holy One, but I... Don't have the strength to endure. I have nothing to live for. Do I have the strength of a stone? Is my body made of bronze? No. I am utterly helpless. Without any chance of success. Job has lost his sense 
of hope. But if that wasn't enough, more problems was going to come Job's way. God holds another meeting, and Satan shows up to that meeting. And he's, God tells Satan, have you considered my servant Job, a God-fearing and upright person? Satan replies, yes, I've considered him. He is upright, and he does fear you. But allow me to touch his flesh and watch him curse you to your face. Again, God agrees, and Satan plagues Job with some sores from the top of his head. To the soles of his feet. He just lost all of his possessions. And now he's suffering with some serious, serious health problems. Job describes his life now in chapter 7. And you can turn there. Chapter 7 and verses 5 to 7. Job says, My body is clothed with worms and scabs. My skin is broken and, and festering. My days are swifter than a weaver's shuttle. And they come to an end without hope. Remember, O oh God, that my life is but a breath. My eyes will never see happiness again. Job is ready to give up. Now he knew what it was like to lose hope. He knew what it's like to look into his future and watch it fade away. He knew the feeling of giving up in life. Now who can blame the guy? He was once rich, considered to be the the richest person in the eastern region. And now everything, including his children, is gone. Even debt was preferable to what he was experiencing. Now this morning we can say, well, Pastor, why should we liken Job's problems to us this morning? Why should we be so concerned of why God took away everything that Job had, everything that he cared about, his family, his wealth, his reputation? His help, his hope, everything that he had. Why? Here's why. Because the temptation of giving up, the temptation of lost hope and being in despair can happen to any one of us. It's universal. It's the wife who's about to give up on her husband, on her family and, and her marriage, rather than staying in it. And trying to work it out. It's the parents who, who's ready to give up on trying to guide and trying to help and trying to reach out to their teenager. It's the pregnant teenager who can't see any way out for her but to get an abortion. It's the grown teenage daughter who's trying to please her parents with all that she does without any success. And she's about to give up on that relationship. It's the fed up employee who's a Christian and is about that far from telling off his boss and walking out the doors. It's the cancer victims who's tried to fight the illness but is about to give up. Folks, the feeling of giving up can happen to any one of us. And the common denominator. Is feeling that the situation that we're going through is hopeless. That it's never going to get any better. And when that feeling enters us, that's it. That's the temptation that we feel to give up. 
And a lot of times the temptation pushes us to a point of suicidal thoughts, to a point of getting that divorce, to the point of walking out on everything that we ever cared about. But more often it takes the form of what David Terrell calls quiet desperations. Where people are just going through the, the motions of their marriage, going through the motions of their job. People who are physically maintaining a pretense of a relationship with their spouse or with their children or with their parents. But who've already given up. Emotionally, they've checked out. They've stopped working. They've stopped fighting. They've stopped caring and they've lost hope. All of us have faced difficult problems in our life. And we all come to a point of giving up one time or another, haven't we? And if you haven't been there, then I would say this. God bless you. God bless you. For some of you, you may be going through it right now. And, and you're trying to hide your pain so that the rest of us don't see it. But deep down inside, you're dying. Maybe you're thinking of giving up and walking away. Regardless of what God says or what the Bible teaches us. And the question for us this morning as Christians is, how do we hold on when we feel like giving up in life? What's the secret ingredient? Where do we find strength to persevere? Where do we find the power to keep on keeping on? Well, this morning I want to share three simple principles from God's Word to keep us strengthened as Christians when we feel like giving up. And the first is, number one, find faith. Find faith in God's sovereignty. Find faith in God's sovereignty. First of all, God is sovereign. He is in total control of everything. And it doesn't matter how hopeless or how painful or how unpleasant or discouraging your circumstances may be. God has a purpose for you in the midst of the storms that we go through. And His plan doesn't include giving up. It doesn't involve despair or panicking or abandoning our faith. The struggle you and I face, they have a meaning in our life. They have a purpose for our lives. And God has a purpose in everything that He does because He's a purposeful God. And He's a God who is in total control. And He's not surprised by what we're going through, He knows what's happening. And he does not make mistakes. Let me put it this way. You are where you are because that's where God wants you to be right now at this very moment. Let me read that again. You are where you are because that's where God wants you to be right at this very moment. What you are going to is a part of God's plan. It's not an accident, although we may think it is. And if you haven't heard, I'm the pastor of the prison ministry and I've been incarcerated. And no way did I ever think that I would become a pastor. And in the process of becoming a pastor, it wasn't easy because incarceration is not easy. It's a difficult thing. And... There was a lot of times that while I was inside, uh, I thought about giving up. I thought about it. Hey, no sense already. 
the process of what God was doing in my life was not easy. But God had a plan for me. And He continues to work in me even today. Every day, He creates in me. He works in me. Because He's in total control. And no matter what I say, no matter how much I complain, He will always have the last say. So no matter what you guys complain about, God will always have His way. He will. Your circumstances are not the result of bad karma or, or bad luck. It's not the result of your husband's decision or, or your boss's decision or your parents' decision or any human being's decision. It's the result of a loving and caring and wise father that we have in him. And he's working out his purpose in your lives. And it can be very, very testy at times. But when we allow him to, to work in us, to work in our lives, the results can be very remarkable. Job knew that. He found that out when, he, when God restored his life. We're going to look at the last chapter, chapter 42 of Job, verses 1 and 3. And Job says, Then Job replied to the Lord, I know that you can do all, anything. I mean, this guy was going through a lot of stuff. And this is what he says. I know that you can do anything. And no one can stop you. You ask, who is this that questions my wisdom with such ignorance? It is I. How many of us do that? We question God and the things that he's doing in our life. It is I. And I was talking about things I knew nothing about. Things far too wonderful for me. As Christians, we may not understand the entirety of God's plan for our life. But we know this. That He exists. And what I do know as a Christian is despair and giving up isn't a part of God's plan for my life. Despair is for those who live in a universe where there is no God. Where there is no hope. A place where God is only a spectator for their lives. Despair is for people who, who live in a world that doesn't make sense to, to them. Where no one or nothing is in control. Giving up isn't an option for us as, as Christians. Because we have a father who is in total control. And he knows the thoughts and he knows the conditions of his children. He holds the answers to life. Proverbs 16, verses 1 to 4. To humans belong the plans of the heart. But from the Lord comes the proper answer of the tongue. All a person's ways seem pure to them, but motives are weighed by the Lord. Commit to the Lord whatever you do, and He will establish your plans. The Lord works out everything to its proper end. Even the wicked for the day of disaster. And we can find hope when we put our trust in Him. He's made His plans for, for our lives. And a lot of times, we want to do things on our own. We want to do things our own way. But God knows the motives of our hearts and He knows what's best for us. Trust in His sovereignty and find your hope in Him. And that would be your second fill-in for today. Number two, find hope. 
Find hope in God's word. Find hope in God's word. We become hopeless when we can't see any escape from the situation. And despair sets in very, very quickly. When our circumstances uh, seem to be impossible. Seems to be impossible to change. But if God's plan and His desire is to change them in your life, then He will. He will make changes according to His plan and not yours. And He will provide a way for you to persevere to any struggle that we go through in life. Job said, I know that you can do everything. And that no purpose of, your, of, of yours can be withheld from you. Job, being a God-fearing man, knew God's promises. And he found hope in that promises. Even the prophet Jeremiah also found hope in God's word. When he said this in Jeremiah thirty-two seventeen, Ah, Lord God, behold, you have made the heavens and the earth by your great power and outstretched arm. There is nothing too hard for you. God created the heavens and he created the earth by his spoken word. Did it, did it. He spoke and it was created. Now, don't you think the promises of his spoken word that he spoke to us, that he speaks to us every day from the Bible can produce the same effect in our life? He's still creating and he's creating in you and I every day. He's the creator. And Jeremiah said, nothing, nothing is impossible with you, Lord. Ah, Pastor, but you don't know my husband. Nothing. Ah, Pastor, you you don't know my wife. Nothing. Yeah, but Pastor, you, you don't know my boss. Nothing. Ah, Pastor... You don't know my situation. You don't know what I'm going to. Nothing is impossible with God. You know, I remember a night in prison feeling the agony of giving up. And, and I was upset just over one phone call. I mean, who does that? And I was just feeling sorry for him, you know, for myself. And, and after two hours of self-pity, you know, I found... Myself turning to my locker and, and I looked at it and there was this, this Bible that was given to me and I picked it up and I started reading from the book of Hebrews. And I, I couldn't understand it then, right there. And, but God spoke to me about all these people in chapter 11, about how they found faith um, through Him, through His Word for Him. And I read, and, and an hour later, I found myself writing to my wife uh, a four-page letter. And this is why he no write. Yeah. But I found myself writing, and I'm wondering, what's going on in my life? Well, it was God. It was God uh, taking me through a process. It was something that I found when I picked up the Word of God. I found hope. And I, I, I wrote in that letter and I assured my wife that everything's going to be fine. We'll be fine. God was working in me. And He continues to work in me every day. And His Word did it for me. Nothing else. 
Paul puts it this way in Philippians 3.13. No, dear brothers and sisters, I have not achieved it. Some versions say, I have not comprehended. But I focus on this one thing. Forgetting the past and looking forward to what lies ahead. Paul didn't comprehend everything God was doing in his life. But he knew that his past was in an era that he should reflect on. That he should stay. He found his hope in the future that God held for him. And he found it to the spoken word of God. And the scripture goes on to say that he, Paul, pressed on to the high call of God in his life. The promises of God's word is where Paul found hope for himself. And I found my hope to God's word. And God can do that for each and every one of you today. And maybe you're here for the first time and you're visiting us and maybe you've never read the Bible. Well, I'd say this. Get yourself a Bible and begin reading His Word. And begin reading His Word for yourself. Don't read it for any other reason. Don't read it for your girlfriend. Don't read it for your parents. Don't read it for your husband or your wife. Read it for yourself. And if you're feeling like giving up, read For yourself. And I assure you this. That you won't be disappointed. You will not be disappointed. And you will find hope for yourself. Through God's word. Start believing. Start believing in his word. Start believing in him. And start believing for yourself. And get rid of your your thoughts of your past. Because that's where the enemy would play with you. In your mind of your past. Because that's the only place that he can play with you. Only God knows your future. Only he knows your future. And Peter writes it this way. Give all your worries and cares to God. For he cares about you. And that comes from 1 Peter 5, 7. Peter's saying to us, hey guys, God loves you. He loves you. Don't give up. Give it up to him. Give your worries to God because he cares about you. And that's your final feeling for this morning. Number three, find love. Find love in Jesus Christ. Find love in Jesus Christ. You know, my life scripture is John 3.16. And many of us know that scripture. And it reads, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. That whoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Folks, no matter what you may be going through, God is sovereign. God is in control and he knows what's happening in your life. And believe me, or believe it or not, that he does have a plan for you. And it is for good, the Bible says. It is not for evil. It is not for calamity. It is not for despair or for us to give up on. There's nothing in life that will go through that someone else hasn't gone through. And you know what? That someone else is Jesus Christ. Because he walked this earth. He went through the trials of life. And what he's saying here is, you know what, guys? Everything that you go through right now may seem impossible to you. But with me in your lives, nothing is impossible. Nothing will be impossible. The Apostle Paul writes it to the Corinthians this way. 
No temptation has overtaken you except such as is common to man. But God is faithful. He's faithful. Who will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you are able. But with the temptations will also make a way of escape. That you may be able to bear it. There is nothing in life we'll face as Christians where God says, Nah, you guys are not going to be able to do that. No, he says, you will be able to bear it. I will make a way out for you. Trials will come our way, folks. And there will be times where our choices will put us in, in difficult situations. That's going to happen. He said that that's going to happen in our lives. But a lot of times, God's creating, he's molding, he's forming us to be a part of his wonderful plan that he has for us. And no matter what we go through, we have to remember that we are his people. We are fearfully and wonderfully made in his image. And he desires, listen, he desires the very best for you and I. That has always been his purpose. No matter what we go through. There's something that never changes. There's something that always brings a hope. And it always brings peace into our life. There's something that will always remain. And that something will, will never fail us. And it will never, ever give up on you and I. His love for us will never, ever fail us. It never changes. Scripture tells us that His love is the same yesterday, today, and forever. It never changes. And His love never gave up on us. Therefore, we should never ever give up on Him. He's a sovereign God who holds a great plan for your life. And that plan may include trials. But through perseverance, you will find faith for everlasting life. He gave us his word, which, which always brings truth in our life. And it speaks the truth. And it does speak life. And it will help you to find hope in it. Then he expressed his great love for us on the cross. And that love is real. And he never gave up on us. Even when we're dead in our sins. He never gave up. He persevered. So don't give up on him. 1 Corinthians 13, 13 says, Three things will last forever. Faith, hope, and love. Wonderful ingredients for a successful life. And the greatest of these is love. This morning, if you're struggling and this message spoke to you, then, then I would pray that you would catch this. Catch this this morning. That His love will always be there for you. In every circumstance, in every difficult situation, in every disappointment that you go through, and through the hardship of despair and, and giving up, His love will be there. It will be there. And I would say this, find it. Find it. And receive it for yourself. And you will never ever be disappointed in your life. Will you struggle? Probably But his love will bring you to a place of faith and hope.
His love never fails. And He's proven His love for us on the cross. Now in a little while, we'll be partaking in communion. And the ushers will be handing out the elements. But, but if you've never experienced, if you've never asked God to share His love with you, and I want to give you that opportunity this morning. So would you bow your heads and would you close your eyes this morning? And I'm going to pray a prayer. And if that's you, if you want to ask God to say, Hey, Lord, I'm struggling. And I need help. And I want to know your great love. And I want to find faith in you. And I, want, I need hope. Because everything seems hopeless right now for me. I need hope. I'll say this prayer and and you could repeat after me. And the Bible says, ask and you shall be given. And that prayer goes something like this. Lord Jesus, I am a sinner. Forgive me of my sins and, and enter my life this morning. I believe that you are the Son of God. And I believe that you died. And you rose again on the third day. I believe that you're seated at the right hand of the Father. And you're standing in the gap. You're interceding for me. Well, this morning, I make a choice. I choose you as my Lord and Savior. Come. And create in me a clean heart. A heart that will begin to know you. A heart that would find faith. That would accept hope. And receive your love. And I say this in Jesus' name. Now if you said that prayer this morning... With your heads bowed and your eyes closed this morning. If, if that's you, if you've asked God to enter your life this morning, then would you acknowledge your decision by raising your hand this morning? I just want to pray over you and bless you. Bless you back there. Bless you back here. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. And you... And you and you. God bless you, sister. God bless you, sister back there. And brother back there. Sister back there. God bless you, sister. Bless you. Bless you, sisters. Yeah. Bless you, sister. Bless you. God bless you, brother. And God bless you, sister and brother there. Father, you see the hands of your people. And Lord, I pray that this decision is made with a pure heart. And they understand that even through the difficulties of life, Father, you make a way. And you find a way to enter our life. Because you love us. And what you bring with you, Father, is faith and hope of life. Because that's your purpose. That you desire the the very best for our life. And your word says that you came to bring us abundant life. And that's what we want, Lord God. So, Lord, this morning, would you bless your people. Would you watch over them and would you introduce your, yourself to them through the power of your Holy Spirit? 
And I pray, Lord God, that they would be God-fearing people who would get into your word to understand the promises that you have in store for them. So that even through these difficult times, Lord God, they would find peace and they would find your hope through your spoken word. This I pray in Jesus' name. And we all say, Amen. Amen. Amen.